0: Thank you for listening to Uncle Hokage's anime podcast. I'm Uncle Hokage, your otaku uncle. How's everybody doing? I am frazzled and exhausted. I just left a, what was it, let's see, 11, 12, 15, five hour photo shoot. Which should have taken two hours. Everything that could go wrong did go wrong. And now I'm exhausted. And I don't want to rehash the whole photo shoot because what's the point? But let's just say some of the fault was on me. Some of the fault was on the, uh, the subject, the model. Uh, some of the fault was just on me for not planning ahead, certain things. Um... And it ate up my entire Saturday, and all I wanted to do today was watch anime. I'm currently still watching uh, One Piece. Uh, I'm doing the bits of those arcs that I pulled out of because now that I'm no longer impatient to, like, I got to get to the next, I got to get to the next place, or I got to get to the next island. I've kind of calmed down and I can just enjoy certain pieces for what they are. So I'm watching the Rosa arc and I'm watching some of the interesting backstories. I'm not going to get into it because I don't want to do any spoiler tags, but I watched a good one this morning when I was getting ready for the shoot (laughs) and uh, it left off at a beautiful place. So... I want to get back, man. One piece is so good. So good. It's such a good show. And uh, the, the thing it does better than the other shows is character. It's not the best when it kind of comes to the fights anymore. The fights as the show has gotten on and on and on, they're not as interesting. They're getting a bit silly. They're getting redundant. And it's hard for me to be have those wow moments. Um, when Luffy did Gear second the first time, oh, goosebumps, excitement, heart beating fast. That was a moment because there was desperation, and you're like, he's not gonna, there's nothing he can do. And it was such a big deal. Now he's on like Gear Seven or something, and then you're just like, okay, it's like the Super Saiyan. He keeps powering up, keeps powering up. But. They just don't do the fights the way they do in Hunter x Hunter. But that's not really what I want to talk about. I love One Piece and I'll probably do another One Piece episode later. You guys know I love One Piece if you listen to, I think it was my third uh, episode. Um, But kind of what I wanted to talk about is Honey and Clover and why I feel like that is one of the most underrated anime of all time. And at the same time, it's exactly as rated as it should be, considering how specific it is. So, every anime fan in their life goes through these periods where, they go through these periods where they want to kind of branch out. They feel like they've seen enough fighting anime, because that's how a lot of boys get into it. And... uh Then we're like, what else is there? So they start looking at sports anime, but those are a lot of times the same as the fighting anime. Then they start looking at um, some of the older fight animes, but that's kind of more the same, just with more profanity and a little bit more intense violence. And that's kind of what happens. So then eventually they're like, okay, I've seen those. I've seen the typical comedies, slapsticks and stuff. Then they get into the heartfelt ones. And these are the ones where they kind of answer, like, a young boy's frustration. And what they do is, a lot of times, they'll make the main character someone who is unpopular, who kind of uh, becomes popular, which is kind of the secret story and desire of a lot of young boys who read anime especially because we're all kind of like on the nerd side of the world. So uh, a lot of us aren't considered to be like the cool kids when we first start watching the shows and reading the anime and stuff. So they base the protagonist as either one of two types. Either it's uh, one that is becoming cool or one that already is cool so we can at least get that catharsis of that feeling that we can't get in our everyday lives. So they watch a bunch of those and then they have like they go through a bunch of the harem genre but then they're like where is the deeper the ones with some deeper connections and that's when you kind of get some of the more mature shows and then you start watching some of the um uh shoujo shows because you're an anime fan and you can appreciate the story of a young of a young lady uh from her perspective and so you read a bunch of those and then Sometimes you find shows that are kind of tailor-made for you. I was 23 or 4 when I watched Honey and Clover for the first time, and I was in a weird place in life. I had moved back home from California where I thought I wanted to uh, kind of like write for TV and film. I had written a book instead. So that made me weird. And after I wrote it, I was like, oh, I'm just going to go home because I can kind of write from from anywhere. So, So as I'm home and as I'm writing... Tons and tons and tons. And getting pretty good. from watching a ton of anime. And one of those anime was Honey and Clover. And... From the beginning... It really... It really kind of hit me at certain... Uh, aspects of my soul. Because of the type of show it was. Oh, uh, guys... For those listening, please forgive the noise, like I always like to do, because I feel like one of the things that one of the things that podcasts do sometimes, but not always, is they um, they're kind of tied into real life. So if I'm out and about or I'm driving, or I'm even if I'm at home on the couch, or just walking around, I love the fact that I can just kind of record on my phone And just kind of talk to you guys directly The same as if I was talking to a close friend of mine So What I'm doing right now I left that shoot And now I'm going to uh, Whole Foods Because I need some uh, Kind of high quality Healthy Healthy stuff So hence why I'm here So Okay Rewind let me set the stage and then I'll kind of like chop it up and then I will then I will kind of like go into like the full explanation about why and what and who the details okay so I was 23 I'll say 23, 24, and I'm finding myself kind of back at home, asking the same existential questions that a lot of a lot of young people ask their age, which they call a middle life crisis. So the middle life crisis is not the midlife crisis; it's the one where you're kind of post college age and you're not quite into your career, you don't quite have that direction or that kind of maturity that um, you get from, like, you know, from the, the, the older people who are kind of, like, older, wiser, been there, and they've done that. So you're in this almost, like, haze state. This state of... I wouldn't describe it as confusion so much as uncertainty, indecision, um, strangeness. And the more that you kind of I guess try to fight your way out of it, the heart, the deeper like the hole gets. And that's kind of the point. It's one of those things that they don't really prepare a lot of people for. Not everybody is able to kind of slip out of the college environment right into their, uh, their chosen profession. It doesn't really happen that often for a lot of people. You, it's typically, the super-driven or super-elite or the people whom have um, those kind of connections, they can kind of slide into uh, whatever it is, whatever, whatever field that has been determined for them or that they predetermined long ago. But for the rest of us, the, um, the unfortunate masses, we were, we were lost. We were lost and we were trying to figure out who we were. We were trying to figure out how can I find the right person to be with? How can I uh, give back to my parents or get away from my parents if your parents weren't Very supportive and there's a million questions in your mind you're in this like strange like half place and you don't know if that's the right location or not and it's kind of it's kind of terrifying but at the same time at the same time um, it's an important part of the growth process it's very important because It shows you, most importantly, not so much who you are, but who you're not, and how a lot of the things that you've been chasing haven't been by your design. They've been because of your parents. They've been because of your grandparents, your friends, people on TV trying to fit in, wanting, wondering, well, what's this person gonna think of me? What's that person gonna think of me? And then you end up kind of lost, confused, Uh, in jobs you don't like, having friends you don't like, dating people you don't like or love, and you get stuck. And then most people are kind of able to finagle their way out. They grow up, whether it takes them five years, 20 years, one year. But you go through these hardships of uncertainty when you feel like you should have things kind of figured out. And it starts in college. So when I saw the first episode of Honey and Clover. Man, it has all of that and more. It has everything. And it hit me so hard from the jump because the main character, he set up all of that worry, all of that anxiety, all of those incidences and things right from the jump. In a single... Like ten minutes or so. And then once it's set up... Man... It's sailing. And it actually speaks... In a way that is necessary... For myself and for other people like me. So... When I say that... Honey and Clover it's a romance... It is. It's a romance. It's a drama. It's a comedy. It's a very specific slice of life show and yet it's not it's about longing and uh, desire fear shame all of that and it's so unique because it fills the space that hasn't really been filled now there's plenty there's plenty plenty of anime that are about like uh, romance from the male side that's where the harm genre comes from appealing to the male fantasy many different girls who all love him for no reason at all and then there are uh, the romances from the female side where she's in a love triangle between two men one she likes and one she's kind of you know, not sure about what she's thinking about, she doesn't really know this one is kind of that but it's not horror genre. It is its own thing. And he kind of has to deal with it in a semi-realistic way. And it's also about art. He goes to an art college. And at the time, art was all I did. I, I'm an artist from way back. That's where I was. That's how I grew up. That's who I became. So the longing, the angst, the romance... And the art, (laughs) well, that was 100% who I was. And that sets the stage for why Honey and Clover is incredibly underrated, yet rated exactly as it needs to be. From a very tender age, when I was very tender headed, I always drew. I'm not like the people that, um, were the best artists around, um, the people who could always color within the lines, the people who could always, um, make things look perfect. I got pretty good from drawing a lot. Uh, I took AP art when I eventually got to high school got a five on the AP art test If you know, that's the highest score you can get on that exam still proud of that to this day But I wasn't just a pure drawer I used to read a lot and My mother would always take me to the library and we would be in East Plano, and she would take me up, I think it was Park Plano Parkway, past Bob Woodruff Park to the library, kind of up the hill, before the library moved. And uh, I would always sit in the section where they had the Charlie Brown books, the Garfield books, and... Um, other things of that nature and they had little stool little step stools which I suppose were set aside so that if you couldn't reach a book on the top shelf you could step up grab your book and be on your merry way but we all know if you were the person that was in the library all the time you would sit and you would read and I'm talking like young like five six seven eight maybe even younger. When I was younger than that, we would sit in the other sections, in the kids' section, where they would have the carpet laid out, and we pulled out Arthur uh, books before he was a TV show, and I would read through those. But I I read a lot of Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown is such a... It's such an interesting story because it's almost the Seinfeld of kids' stories or of cartoons, kids' cartoons, because it's not really about anything. Now, there are are Charlie Brown movies that are about something. There's Race for Your Life, Charlie Brown, where he's in this really cool race and this camp, and they go into the wilderness and stuff, and it's really kind of odd and esoteric. Then there's the one where he goes to France. That one is really weird. And I don't know if the kids like are driving cars, but there's like a thunderstorm, they get lost in like this French countryside. It's really grown up without being grown up. So to me as a kid, the Charlie Brown world was, it was a place, it was a world. It was its own universe. So I would take that, and then I would try to make my own characters inside that universe. I would sit, and I'd have my blank sheets of paper, and I would draw characters that were in the same style as Charlie Brown. And I would give them names and say, this one's the leader, it's the main character, this is what he does, and these are his friends. And that's really why I liked art art for me was contingent upon the story. One of the reasons why I love things like sitting in the library and reading Charlie Brown, because I feel like I wanted to know every aspect to their story. Same with Garfield. Garfield had a lot of adult problems he had the diet all the time he hated Mondays he needed his coffee but he was a cat so it was it was it was kind of that's where the joke was is that he's a cat but yet he has to eat an apple because he's on a diet and he can't have any more of his favorite food lasagna Um, but those shows X-Men when I was older And the X-Men animated series came on. And that was my first time really experiencing a cartoon show that had some depth. The series didn't... The show... The story didn't end when the episode did. And I think that's what I loved about it. From the get-go, that first episode where Morph basically gets killed by a sentinel, and Wolverine is distraught, and they had to abandon him. And that's that's the start of things... I wanted to be in that world so when X-Men came on don't talk to me don't bother me I'm there I'm in that world I'm that's where I am and I would do the same thing I wouldn't draw Wolverine I wouldn't draw Cyclops I drew my own characters I remember reading through the dictionary and I um, I found the word loud Which I'm realizing now, it just means to increase in volume. But I was like, oh yeah. Then there's a character, his name is Loudon. And he's Cyclops' long lost brother. I didn't even know Cyclops actually did have a long lost brother. uh, Alex Summers. Um, Or maybe I knew it subconsciously and I just forgot or something like that. But I had this whole character and he was shooting uh, ray beams or, or voice beams out of his mouth or whatever. But I was like, that's what I did. So... The creative side, I've done it for so many things. I, that's that's who I am. I love art. I, I, I love museums. I love paintings. I love the beauty behind them. So when I saw a show like Honey and Clover, where the characters go to an art college, a college that I wish I had went to, a place where everybody was doing something artistic, either they were painting or they were doing architecture or they were doing interior design or they were just like an odd genius who could just dabble in anything and really uh, be almost like the da Vinci of their of their moments. They were all artists in some aspect. So that's strike, not strike, that's a check one for, for me. Second was the typical middle uh, the middle life crisis where they're like in that early 20s, post-college, don't know what to do um, crisis. And they just have that angst. So that's check two. The third thumbs up or the third check is the the romance. The not quite knowing what to say. And that's the beautiful thing about those shows is that you think... You think that... um no, no, no. We, we know the characters that we actually relate to versus the characters we wish we relate to. It's a very rare person that can actually relate to the cool, suave, always knows what to do, top-of-the-class character. Most of us relate to the kind of average, doesn't exactly know where they fit in, can't quite get the girl. That's the character that they relate to, and that's who the main character is. So if you were dealing with romance problems like I was with bad dates and uh, difficulties and buying drinks for girls and then not knowing that you're not supposed to buy a drink immediately or something and uh, going out and like hanging out with groups of friends and then like uh, dating a girl but then like finding out that she wants to not really date you but then this other girl really wants to date you and you're just all over the place and you don't really know, yeah. That's the perfect show. That's the third checkpoint on this road toward perfection. Plus it's about art. The animation is amazing. The the drawings are cool. The music is fantastic. It's one of the best soundtracks, anime soundtracks that I've ever heard. I listen to it frequently. I use some of the music for like real random projects that I know aren't gonna go anywhere and I don't know it's just one of the best shows ever but that's how much it connects to me because of who i am and how i kind of came to be like i'm an artist by trade my father is an artist my mother is a writer my um my cousins make music my other cousin takes pictures my other cousin directs and then we have a lot of business people in our family too but For me, this was a world this was an ideal world where I wanted to live so, are you an artist? Do you love anime? that's the second reason Honey and Clover is the most underrated and at the same time perfectly rated show because if you're not an artist it's not going to hit you as hard, it just isn't that's just life you can appreciate it but it's going to be hard for you to understand same word, not something that I had done. Um, that's just the reality. Which is why it's exactly rated. Because the artists are going to find it. But it's still underrated because it'll hit people on a broad scale. I almost want to tell a little bit about why this, what else the story has, because it has some things that. It's hard for me to explain, and it's been a long time since I watched it, so I know I'm not going to remember all the character names, but I'm going to do my best. So bear with me, and uh, go on this ride with me. And let's talk a little bit more about Honey and Clover. Honey and Clover, it's stupendous. It really is. And I'm going to see if I can tap into the memories, the feelings, the senses that I had while i'm kind of taking a pause in my work um beautiful part about this anchor app which i really love even more now is that i can add things in pieces Um, i've got the setup to where i could do the full long form podcast if i want to and i might do that in the future but this is way more casual it's way more conversational I got myself a mixed drink here on my nightstand. I've got my laptop open as I'm kind of working through some things and some processes, getting my websites and things together. And I can kind of sit and be contemplative about these animes that changed my life. Clinkety clink, clinkety, clink. (laughs) So I've kind of gone over how I found my way to that anime and I've kind of gone over my history with art where I came from, and why it means so much. But I didn't really say much about the story. So we'll say light spoilers. I'm not going to get into what happens, but I'm going to see if I can lay the landscape of why I feel like this is one of those anime that if people would watch it, it would get the attention that I feel like it deserves. So you have the landscape of the school setting, and it's college age. So right out the bat it's not shonen it's seinen which for those of you who don't know anime and manga is categorized by age by gender a lot of different categories just so that they can know who the target audience is shonen is for younger kids um teenagers really like 12 to like 16 seinen is when you get a little bit older 17 to probably about 20 21 um before you get into the more adult mature themed stories a lot of the seinen manga deal with slightly older issues them they're more adult but not necessarily mature so there'll be a lot more violence and or sexual activity um and those are on the male side of things on the female side of things it's shoujo and jose uh Jose is mature but dealing more with like real relationships and consequences. So, whereas in the shoujo one, it'll be about love and kissing and who are you going to have a crush on. Jose is like hooking up, someone getting pregnant, uh, threats of rape, actual real world issues that young women deal with on a daily basis. So, this one is almost like a mix because I believe the author. It makes it a romance from... And so, But she does it to where the main character is male. And I think the main gaka is female. I may be mistaken on this one because I haven't done my due diligence. But it's one of those ones where it's romance from the male side of things. But with a little bit more realistic setting. He isn't the typical charismatic guy. There's uh, Morita who is this almost like wild artistic genius who kind of disappears. He sleeps a lot. He's um, professors are always getting on him for not finishing projects. Uh, but when he actually puts his mind to something, he's just creatively miles ahead of the rest of the class. Um, there's the other responsible one whom does, I believe, architecture. And I'm not going to remember all the character names because it's been a while. Uh, actually, I, I guess I, I could pull it up on the Wikipedia um, just so that you can kind of see, uh, if you've watched it or whatever, you kind of can follow along a little bit better. Cool. Main characters. Oh, and they don't have pictures. <laughs> so, But I remember the names a little bit. Um Takimoto is the main character and he's your typical almost like shonen esque main character and then he's not super tall, he's not super charismatic but he tries really hard. Um there's Morita who I talked to you about who's a little bit more of a the genius artist. Um there's um Mayama. That's the uh, architect. Now Mayama is older, so he's about he's he's like just graduated or he's about to graduate from school. So he's taking the lessons that he learned from architectural school into the real world. He has the potential to um um actually apply what he's learned in design school into the company structure where most people end up going. So it's almost showing the side of, okay, here's the beginning stages, which is Takamoto. Here's the middle stages of the person who's advanced, but doesn't quite exactly know what side of himself to display, which is Morita. And then here's the graduate, the mature one, uh, Mayama. Now, what's interesting is the relationship dynamics between the 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 five of them and when i say five is because i didn't mention two other characters there's ayumi yamada and um she's another student who delves into like pottery she is infatuated by uh takumi mayama the architecture uh, student graduate she's basically in love with him but he doesn't really love her back he is in love with um this older woman named uh, Rika, and she's not reciprocating his feelings. So Rika isn't reciprocating the feelings for Mayama, and Mayama isn't reciprocating the feelings for Yamada, but they don't want to disappoint the other person or hurt their feelings, so they kind of let them down gently, and that creates a triangle. And in the same vein, there's Hagumi, Hanamoto Hagami is the niece of one of the professors, and she is the chibi character. She's short, she's blonde, but she has really big features, and they paint this picture of love at first sight when Takemoto first meets her. And the manga actually, the manga, I watched the anime, the anime mentions it, where when they first meet, it plays that beautiful score, and it shows like a flower spinning, spinning, falling, falling. And the other character is trying to talk to him, but Takimoto is just standing there staring at this girl. And he says, oh, this is what it looks like when someone is immediately falling in love. And that's kind of the crux of it. Those moments that kind of tug at your heartstrings, those moments that make you kind of understand when things aren't just a physical attraction, when there's something more. Because we've always had those moments where you see somebody and you kind of see them, maybe you see them for the first time ever, and they just kind of blow you away. And then there's moments where you see somebody in a new way and you're like oh I didn't realize who this person was and all of that confusion turns into a I don't know if it's a desire or I don't know if it's a a longing but the longing for the other and the companionship and the beauty and everything that's what this show is about so the art is the setting for the romance and the romance is the driving factor of the art. And it's almost like the, the the art that's being created is the characters themselves and their growth and development and which parts of their humanity they leave on the page. And you look back, and you have this tapestry of interactions, of failures, of pain, of connection, of almost sad victories, where things do work out at certain costs. And that is the, the, that kind of beautiful pain that kind of grips you and squeezes until just like a little bit of yourself drips out from your heart and that's what honey and clover is really about it's the the moments in between moments it's the little sparks that kind of happen in between the craze and the wackiness and the silliness. And there, there are some fun moments in this show. I don't want you to feel like it's all dour and it's all sad and beauty. There are some moments where it's like this is just a fun group of people. It's almost a hangout show. Uh, I got that term from Quentin Tarantino when he's talking about certain movies. Certain movies people watch over and over and over again. And... He says the reason that you watch these movies is because you want to hang out with these characters again. You want to catch up. It's like seeing your old friends, seeing the fun dialogue, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah. It's a hangout movie. It's a movie where characters are just saying those fun lines. and You can repeat them back, kind of like Reservoir Dogs in the beginning. Um, uh, Most of his movies have moments like that. Uh, Pulp Fiction's a great one. But then a lot of Kevin Smith movies are hangout movies. Mallrats, Clerks, Dogma, hangout movies. Chasing Amy, not so much. It's stuff like that why we keep going back and watching same TV shows. Friends, The Office. Um, i trying to think of a more modern one that isn't just the same, same old, same old. But you guys kind of get what I'm saying. We're hanging out. With our buddies on screen. So this show has a lot of that hangout potential. That hangout vibe. That hangout energy. And it also has those deeper undercurrents of life. Um, I'm trying to decide in my head if I want to get into spoiler territory with this show. Because I kind of don't. I kind of want to just let this hang. Because there are some moments where it's some of the most impactful bits of storytelling I've ever seen and I don't think I'll ever forget them there are some moments for these characters that really made me question my own life and leave the house and go on long uh, thought-provoking walks through my rundown neighborhood to try and understand what was it that I was solving for in my life that this show was really expressing toward me and how could that apply? So I'm I'm not gonna get into it. Because really my hope is that I really want you to watch Honey and Clover. And that's why I feel like it's underrated. Because despite the fact that it's geared towards a very specific subset of fan, the people who like art, the people who focus on art, there is another type of fan or just anime watcher. That would like this show if you like those a little bit slightly mature more mature shows this is a show for you if you like characters whom their focus isn't solely on the plot where they're real people like when you watch shonen and shojo stories what are they focused on but what's immediate in the plot. I got to get stronger. I have to get to this thing. I have to get a bonkai. I have to get my Hunkser's license. I have to uh, find out if this guy likes me. That's the They're only in sole focus. Because they're not self-contained individuals. They'll have one or two quirks. But that's kind of it. No, no pun intended for My Hero Academia. Whereas when you get to a little bit of the mature shows... They have some time to breathe and to exist beyond whatever their immediate needs are. So these characters are more well-rounded. They are a little bit more lived in. They are a little bit more into reality than a lot of the average shows. Um, Even the mature shows like Berserk, we know a little bit more about Guts. We know about Casca and Griffith and who they are as people as opposed to who they are as um, motivated characters and what they're trying to get. And that's kind of the beauty of Honey and Clover. It does it very well. I know these characters. The music really tells me who these characters are. And I really, really implore you Take the time to try to find it. You know what? Let me look right now and see if I can see where you can watch Honey and Clover. Because that's one of those things where um, I can say, yeah, go watch it now. But if you don't know where to get it, then what's the point? You know what I mean? I'm doing you a disservice. So I will say right now, it it is not on Hulu. Ah, there it is. Crunchyroll slash VRV Honey and Clover is on Crunchyroll they have all the episodes um, it's beautiful watch the subtitle the subtitle you're going to get the, the weight and the breadth of the entirety of the show and that's really what I would want you to see you're gonna, the music's going to pair in you're going to get the great voice acting and it's going to actually make you want to go to Japan again more so because this is actual Japan and how a lot of people actually live, and how it's almost like they have that connection and that friendship that a lot of us really want to have. Great friends, all of us are supportive, we care about one another, and we're all finding the love that we deserve. So, that's really what I wanted to say about this show. I have an idea for another topic that I want to talk about as well, which is a little bit more uh, fun, a little bit more fast paced in your face. But (laughs) I had to talk about this one because this anime is very special to me and I feel like more people should watch it. And I don't think anyone will regret it. You won't regret it. You'll if you don't love it, you'll respect it and at the very least appreciate it. So thank you very much. For listening to this episode of uncle Hotaka, uncle hokage 's anime podcast um, there 's going to be many many more because there 's a million things that I am going to talk about i 'm going to be taking a trip to austin here soon I'm going to go to the anime austin and there 's going to be plenty of time on the road down to record more podcasts so i 'm very excited about that. Uh, If you happen to go to Anime Austin, come and find me. I'm going to be recording video. I'm going to be taking pictures. We're going to do some cool stuff at Anime Austin and really try and expand um, uh, the brand and what we're doing and how we're connecting and making our own community. Um, I got two topics that I want to get into next time. Uh, One of them is about music. Uh, one of them is about, uh, fitness. I think I'll probably do fitness first just because I, I don't even have to think about that one. It's just so interesting to me. Um, but, um, go ahead and tell a friend about the podcast. Um, let them know that this is where you get your, a uh, little introspective anime podcast, something interesting, something different, which isn't just chattering about what's new, but kind of discussing the things and how they relate to us as anime fans and as Otaku. Uh, go listen to Otaku Us, uh, the rap song. It's available on all streaming services. Um, and then just find me, Uncle Hotake, Uncle Hokage, on most platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, YouTube, YouTube. Um, pinterest and a few others so uh this is uncle hokage your otaku uncle and i'm signing off so like share subscribe love peace and hair grease